Alright guys, here it is, the new season card, Nebula. Now, as always, on a weekly basis here, except for last week at Stegron, my bad guys, I missed you. But we're going to talk about Nebula today, we're going to talk about her weaknesses, her strengths, her pros, her cons, all that good stuff. The card they, she synergizes with the most, and we're going to give you two deck lists in this video to start you out on the season, on the right concept. And hey, I believe this card might fit into a lot of different decks, but we're going to start off with some direction today, give you that information, and we will always give you the best information that we believe is the most true. We're never going to play around with you. We're always going to tell you if a card's worth it or not worth it. Obviously, this week is a little bit different because it's a season pass card, so this is an actual have-to-pay-with-money card, which is a notable thing, but it's also the cheapest, you know, the cheapest card of the month. The $10 card is way cheaper than anything you're going to be able to pay for for any of the other cards coming up this month. Because on average, you know, they cost 50 to anywhere between 50 and $200. So $10 for Nebula. Let's break it down. Let's get into the video. Let's go. Nebula. All right. So what does Nebula do? Nebula is a one energy, one power card. And she has the ability that each turn your opponent doesn't play a card here, plus two power, except the turn you play this. So it doesn't work on the very first turn you play it. So it doesn't automatically become a one three if your opponent guesses wrong. But for the rest of the game, you can get plus two power. So turn two, three, four, five, and six has the ability to be, you know, a 111, which in theory is well above curve. Um, even if you get this to a 1-5, you're pretty much on par with any of the other shenanigan crazy stuff. And you can really get that in multiple different fashions. Obviously, a card like Storm is one way because you can... Play Nebula on one, then your opponent's forced to play there on two. If they don't play there on two, she goes to a one three, and then on three you get to storm the location, which means on turn five and six she would automatically be able to get that buff, and she'd automatically be a one five um, at the end of the game, which is pretty powerful uh, in general. So that location would you know already be seven power with just storm, and you know with other cards that you can manipulate this with. Uh, that we're going to talk about as well, you might find yourself in a really good position playing with Nebula. Um, so, of course, you know, should you buy it, it's a season pass. You know, if, you, if you're a money spender in the game, I believe it's always worth it to purchase the season pass. For $10, you get well, 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 well worth your money uh, in returns. So it's always kind of worth it. Honestly, even if you straight up bought 50 season uh, caches or the like all the 50 the first 50 season passes you end up making your money back on that also so it's like just because you make your money back on that also means you can make your money back on just the ten dollars alone so always buy the season pass card for sure um, best ways to play nebula is incredibly you know nebula isn't a pretty incredibly incredibly best ways to play nebula uh, nebula is an incredibly powerful card if she is played early, she can dictate where your opponent plays their cards for the rest of the game. This is because if they leave her alone or miss a drop, she will grow in power. Uh, her ability only needs to be activated once to make her a truly above average card, exactly like most uh, one drop cards are 1.25, or I'm sorry, a 2.5. So anywhere between 2 and 3 is where most one cost cards land. So as a one cost card going to a 1 3 for just one missed turn. That's really good, uh, and like I said, there's uh, ways to get her to be a 1-5, a 1-7, a 1-9. Um, definitely all viable options. If you manage to play her on turn 1 without your opponent playing a destroy or move card, 
she can be above average three power one energy with no downside they can only play cards at her location four times uh but out of the five turns so yeah i mean once again you know this card has the ability to be well above curve and be you know pretty much well above most of the other options at one for sure you know even a card like sunspot really you know it's possible to get to like a one nine or a one ten but that also means that you're not doing anything else for the rest of the game. Nebula allows for you to still play on curve the rest of the game and play however you feel it, but it kind of forces your opponent into respecting her a little bit. Otherwise, they're just going to constantly lose that one to like you know that one cost card um, character, which is definitely a bit rough to say the least. So some of her natural born synergies here are Professor X, Storm, and uh, Titania. Titania is a really interesting one because you can utilize it to lock up your opponent's side. And if you're able to do that, A, your opponent can't play any more cards there. So therefore, you get to buff Nebula. And then, of course, on the final turn, you can easily just pass, uh, play a card on that location, take back your Titania, which is really powerful because you're going to gain a plus five. Plus, they didn't play another card there, so it's a plus seven. Plus, the card that you played, almost for sure, ensuring you a victory in that given lane. So that's also really sweet. Um, Storm I've already kind of referenced, but basically from turns 5 and 6, you're automatically going to get plus 4 to your Nebula, which is wonderful. Professor X is another one. It's not as good, but it is a way to, like, surify up a lane, um, which can be really good. So, of course, like, you can see this fitting into a Daredevil deck pretty well, uh, and that's also because you're going to see our friends here ironically she is very good with the guardians of the galaxy which is really awesome um because you're gonna see star lord you're gonna see gamora's you might see drax you might see uh groot um and even even as early as like rocket raccoons and mantises and things like that if your opponent's gonna go there you can just say okay i'm not gonna get my plus two on my nebula but i'll get it on my rocket or i'm gonna get it on my mantis i'm gonna draw a card from your deck Things like that. It's really cool to see that Nebula is a perfect way to utilize the Guardians of the Galaxy in a big, big way. And I'm actually really excited for that, uh, to break that down into our deck list. So we're giving Nebula a 9 out of 10 score. We think she's going to be really good, guys. Um, let's take a, a look at the strengths and weaknesses of the card. Alright, so the strengths of Nebula are a lot. She's got a lot of really good benefits here. You can see on the screen... Uh, there's six of them, right? So Nebula is cheap, which is great. What a one cost, it's very easy for her to get above uh, location or like above, you know, the average power. She's very good into uh, anything that closes down locations. So Storm, Professor X, and Goose are all great synergies with her. Unaffected by token generators. So like, you know, Squirrel Girl and Doctor Doom, they don't mess with her. So it doesn't matter. Like they have to play the Doom there. They have to play the Squirrel Girl Girl. There, which also means you can pair her up with Cosmo, which is another Guardian uh, then to kind of remove those things as well. Uh, combos, again, with all the Guardians cards, Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora are all above rate. She loses plus two um, if they play there, but then you gain the plus two or above, obviously, with the Guardian trigger, so you're still up in the curve. Um, very easy to get above rate. For three, um, as I've said this before, you know, you just just getting to three one time if they miss a miss, miss a location, you get to become a one three. You're already above rate for every other one cost card in the game, except for probably Sunspot. Um, and we'll get into the other one and the weaknesses. Forcing your opponent to play where you want play uh, to play means you can easily fill lanes for them and have the her grow. So she knows again she might be really good with debris. 
which might be really good with Viper. Not necessarily Viper because you're already missing, so you don't want a Viper, but uh, cards like Debris, cards like Goblins, um, you know, Titania, like all of those cards are very good on her lane because they're going to fill up that lane and get her to be above rate, especially cards like Green Goblin uh, and Titania where you can, you know, very easily fill up the lane early She'll get buffed the whole game, and then you can kind of take back your Tatiana whenever you want. And it might even be a point where you don't even need to take back your Tatiana, which is very powerful. The weaknesses are she's a one-drop, so of course, Killmonger, her worst friend. Uh, if Electra becomes a more playable card because of Debula and because of Kitty Pride coming back, then like that's great. She would definitely be weakness, a weakness to that card as well. Um, she is very, very weak to Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride and Nebula are like 1-1. One, one. They just fight each other the entire game so that's not very fun you're gonna have to get your storms in that game or you're gonna have to get your guardians right in those games to make sure you're at least trying to get above curve but kitty being a natural born um answer to nebula i think is a good thing for what it's worth both of those cards have the ability to like really take a hold of the one cost uh character you know cards in your deck so i'm totally fine with that destroy decks and move decks obviously aren't spectacular for us you know, anything with Killmonger is very bad, but also anything with destroys, you know, we might be playing into them, which doesn't really help. So, like, you know, if you're just, if you're looking to play debris and things like that, and then your opponent's just like, whatever, I'll just deathlock or I'll just carnage or venom, etc. I'll eat all that stuff up. Not going to feel as good. So, definitely a problem. And then, um, if drawn later in the game, obviously, she's really not effective whatsoever. She, she can't be a 1 3 on turn 6. Um, you'd have to play her on turn 5, and which means you're not playing some of your other stuff. So you definitely want to see this card as early as the first turn. That's where you get the most benefit out of her. So if you miss her, it's going to be a bit unfortunate. Um, just a little note for the additional information here. Uh, although it may seem like your opponent being able to shut her down is a detriment, it's still very good for you because, like, your one drop card is kind of dictating the entire game which means you're forcing them to play into her which means she can just be a distraction as well she can just be on the table be a one cost card that like your opponent's going to play to every turn and then you can just go ahead and like conquer the other two lanes you know if even in this idea with storm you can put nebula in one lane which is forcing cards there and then you're like okay well i'll just freely win this storm lane now very powerful you know if so at that point, it's like if they ignored Nebula once, and she's already at 1-3, and then you storm another lane, well, now they're like, you're already above curve on your one cost, you're now forcing them into a weird storm lane, and you're really just going to like frustrate your opponent in general, so I think that's like a really powerful thing to kind of really consider about this card. Uh, so let's kind of give you guys a lot, the, these two different deck lists that we're considering for day one of the card. Alright guys, as always, reminder to you guys, I do these videos for every single new card. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? You'll always find the playlist at the end of this, but in case you wanted to look for it and you haven't gotten uh, into the channel yet, please subscribe to the channel if you're interested in getting these new card breakdowns every week. It does really help us. So, let's get into the deck list now. Uh, as you can see, our first deck list is just the location control good stuff. And for what it's worth, I think this deck can definitely be modified. It can definitely be altered. You know, uh, this particular version is not playing a card like Doctor Doom. It's not playing a card like um, like Captain Marvel. But it is a very, uh, you know, Series 3 friendly deck, which is what I like about this. So any of you guys that aren't, you know, endgame uh, in mind, don't have Series 4, don't have Series 5, you're going to really like this deck list. We have Nebula, Tat Tatania, 
Armor Storm, Cosmo Debris, Green Goblin, Shang-Chi, Enchantress, uh, Professor X, Spider-Woman, and American Chavez. Obviously, the American Chavez is particularly good with Nebula decks because it gives you just another chance of drawing a Nebula in your opening hand, which is exactly where you want her. So I do believe that as much as I'm a, a you know a downer on American Chavez, she's probably going to be pretty important in some of these Nebula decks, and it's definitely going to increase your odds of having the turn one Nebula. So definitely don't be afraid to play that card. Um, Obviously, this is just play your Nebula early, force your opponent to play to her location, otherwise you automatically lose that location. Uh, if you can block the lane with a Green Goblin, Tatiana, Debris, Nebula will grow faster and stronger. If you choose not to block, uh, if they choose not to block that way, you will have the option of using Storm or Professor X to block it early, or relying on the Control Shell with cards like Cosmos, Enchantress, and Shang-Chi. All of those really work very, very well. Obviously, the armor here is to protect your Nebula, which is important. So there is a potential also to put the like a Psylocke in here or like a wave in here for your Nebula. So this way you can Professor X the Nebula lane earlier rather than getting on turn 5. You can try and do it on turn 4, which like might be a pretty good route if you're trying to really lock down the Nebula deck. I'm mean, like Nebula plus Professor X beats a lot of things off of Psylocke. Now the wave can be problematic because they could obviously just drop their giant thing on the Nebula lane if they assume you're going to Professor X. So definitely be a little weary. I would rather have the Psylocke if possible, but maybe you just don't need it. We'll have to see. You know, we'll have to play games with it. It could be modified to be added later. The second list is a Guardians of the Galaxy list, as we were talking about earlier. She really does work well at this Guardians list. So we have Nebula, Tatiana, uh, Star-Lord, Armor, Storm, Cosmo, Green Goblin, Drac, Shang-Chi, Enchantress, Gamora, and Magneto. This is another list that I do think that Killmonger is going to be out and strong and problematic and that's uh frustrating because it's obviously a really good and easy way to get rid of nebulous you're gonna need to pack your armors most likely um but if you do find yourself in a metagame that's not respecting nebula i would love to play daredevil over the armor in that slot just to kind of know exactly what your opponents will be doing on turn five and that's for both of these decks by the way i think daredevil will offer each one of these decks a lot of you know a lot to gain so all in all, you know, the Guardians deck is great. You put your opponent on a catch-22. Either they play your, the cards in Nebula lane and activate her abilities or ignore her and let you let her grow. Magneto should always have targets to pull off of the last turn, and that in the mid-game control cards can handle a typically play to her location. So, yeah, so, you know, if they're playing their three and they're playing their four, you know, they're shutting off Nebula, shutting off Nebula, well, Magneto can then kind of move off that lane give you a big upside big win you know with uh with different potentials which is great it obviously does combo with green goblin and tatiana in a way because you can then um move off green goblins into another lane give yourself the win anything that you anytime that you can gamora and take a win like all those things like you're you're really putting yourself up and up and up and i do believe you know once again these are both pre-played decks we don't have nebula to play with so i do expect both of these decks to change throughout the week and honestly we're going to be bringing you even more nebula decks uh coming up shortly here but all in all very 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 excited for nebula in general i think she's going to be a sweet card she's a good season card and she has the potential to truly be one of the better one drop cards in the game all types of synergy more than just these two decks we've given you i just didn't want to make this video too crazy but again here's the playlist for all of our is it worth it videos check it out and we'll catch you guys in the next video see ya